the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Okay, this episode was originally an interview that I conducted on our weekly show, College Talk Tuesday, which is on Facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep. And I interviewed a buddy of mine, Roz Slaughter, uh, sorry, I should say Roz the Motivator Slaughter, who uh, we've been friends for probably eight or ten years, and I've seen all kinds of um, reinventions and entrepreneurial things that he's done. He's been a gym owner and they trained other gym owners on how to grow their businesses and a whole host of other things. Um, his latest iteration is the author of the soon-to-be best-selling book, Student Success Secrets. So I interviewed Roz and his wife and co-author, Michelle, on how to mo- motivate kids, whether you can actually motivate them or not, how to deal with uh, anxiety and depression and the new Zoom teaching landscape and all sorts of other fun stuff. Uh, it was a great interv- interview. Um, I personally always love talking to Roz, and I hope you will notice that and appreciate and enjoy this conversation. All right, welcome to this episode of College Talk Tuesday. My name is Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep. Special edition today, we have a, uh, a husband-wife team Friends of mine and co-authors of the upcoming Student Success Secrets book to be released in a matter of days on Amazon, uh, Michelle and Roz Slaughter, even though the caption only says Roz. (laughs) We shouldn't read into that, right? No. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, good. So, all right, guys. So, thanks for for joining us. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. So... Um, before we start talking about the book a little bit, tell me a little bit about, um, I mean, you know, Roz, you and I have known each other for, I don't know, eight, 10 years or something. And I've known you as a uh, gym owner, a trainer, a coach of um, other trainers, uh, serial entrepreneur, real estate investor. Uh, Michelle, I know you're an accountant, which sounds almost as exciting, but I, I'm, sure, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know everything, so it's why thrilling. <laughs> why, why don't you guys uh, just get, you know give a little bit of brief background before we get into the the book? Sure, you can go first. Um, well, we uh, basically decided that we were going to do this project together because um, you know even though I have a background in accounting, uh, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, it's something that I've always done sort of on the side, and we felt like this was a really good passion project for us. And we felt that with Roz's speaking career and all of his coaching combined with my writing, we would sort of join forces and, you know, work on something like this together. So that's how it started. Hmm. And so, so Roz, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your background and why sure. you wanted, why you wanted to write the book. Yeah. Well, my background, I mean, is is, is in fitness. Um, but before I got to that, I was born with my right leg short and the other, um, no hamstring or quadricep on my right leg. So I was born with a disability, which initially, initially kind of set me back in my mindset. So I've always had this understanding that I wasn't like everyone else. I was a little bit different. 
which led me into being a personal trainer so that I can inspire other people who had limitations on them that they didn't put on themselves, whether they had a disability or something like that. And I've always been inspirational and motivational towards my clients. And looking back on my life, I looked in, I said, you know, I had some challenges in uh, with academics, within school, um, having a tough upbringing. And I see that there are a lot of kids that are going through challenging times in their lives right now. And I know that I put in over 25 years of personal growth, whether it's with coaches, mentors, books, seminars, audios. So I've invested a lot in my personal growth and I've learned how to overcome challenges and turn those challenges into opportunities for success. And I wanted to share this book with kids just like that, who may have some self-esteem issues, may have confidence challenges, may even be holding themselves back or something that they don't even have control over, like ADD or, you know, bipolar or any of those depressed. And, and especially now that we're going through this pandemic, I found that it's a lot of teens are struggling. And this was a great opportunity for me. I had some time to sit down with Michelle and just re really just pour my heart out and think about, you know, Roz at 12, what challenges did I have? And what did I need? What tools and strategies would have helped me overcome some of the limitations and the roadblocks that I smashed right into? And uh, this is the book that came out of that. And I didn't have the same kind of challenges with respect to, you know, having a disability or anything like that. But I had my own challenges, you know, in my own right um, with self-esteem and um, not being sure of what what path I should be taking, not having a lot of um, people that I could speak to as a youth about, you know, what I should be doing, where I should be going. So I think that combined with everything that Roz just pointed out made it a good, you know, combination. Interesting. All right. So if you're just joining us, you have questions. Uh, we're talking to the authors of Student Success Secrets. Michelle and Ross Slaughter. What was it like writing a book with your wife? You know, I'm I'm <laughs> partners. I'm partners with Pearl in our business, but I've never actually written a book with her. So I'm curious about that. I gotta say, uh, you know, Andy, it, it was a great opportunity and a great experience. And, and I'm not just saying that. For me, um, I've had this message inside of me for years, and we've talked about it. And I said, you know, when I have time, I'm gonna do this. When I have time, someday I'm gonna do this. And we sat down and. You know, and I was like, you know what? She loves to write. It was one of her goals is to be a published author. And, um, you know, I've, I've written two other books um, in different space. And, and I was like, this is a great opportunity to collaborate. We can pull each other's best qualities out and really share, um, you know, our unique experiences of going through teenhood into adulthood. And uh, so it was a great uh, opportunity. And I, I think we went through some uh, interesting challenges when it came to editing and cutting back the material and things like that. But, um, and that's just for being an artist, but I think it was great. Yes, that's my real question. What's it like writing a book with your husband, especially when he's like super high energy, perhaps a little ADD, bright, shiny object. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, some, some might say, I mean, I, I think of you as very focused, but I also think of you as entertaining a lot of other ideas at the same time. Yes, so, yeah, that so. is very true. And he likes to talk. So sometimes really? I'm like, can we just like stop right now so I can get to my computer and actually write something? <laughs> All right. Um, so maybe we'll talk more about that offline. So, all right. So, so let's talk a little bit about the book. Um, I, I was going to ask, I think, I, I think it's pretty obvious and you already answered, you know, sort of the challenges that um, kids are facing today with, with the pandemic and all that, but you guys have your, uh, your own children. I, I have children. They, they were around before the pandemic and now they're going through it. So, so what would you say 
you know, e either with or without regard to coronavirus, like what, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that kids are having um, today that, you know, may be preventing them from achieving everything they're capable of achieving? Well, I, I think the one of the biggest things is that they their self-imposed limiting beliefs are really critical to their success. And a lot of kids, and I can tell you my own son who's 17, you know, he struggles with confidence. He struggles with not being stand, living up to the standards of, you know, social media and saying, you know what, I'm not as tall. I'm not as athletic as these kids. And that really holds a lot of them back. And they start to have this, you know, I'm not enough syndrome. And I see it so often because, you know, these kids are coming into sports, academic, like, you know, if anything, college is so stressful. I know my son now, he's looking at different schools and every day he's coming home and saying another kid got a letter or another kid got a scholarship or this kid signed. And the minute he senses that, I look at his body language and I can tell his shoulders slumped in. He feels a little defeated because he hasn't gotten that yet. He's not there. And he has me at home. So right away I'm shifting the state and I'm like, you know what, Nikki, this is what you got to be focused on. It's all about you. You can't be worried about what's on someone else's scoreboard, but a lot of kids don't have that. So you talk about depression, anxiety, bullying, um, social media, social media uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. I mean, these kids have been home for a year, a lot of schools that didn't get to go to school and they're really missing that social uh, connection. And that's something that I think is going to be really a challenge over the next few years for these teens who are even going into college and didn't have that year, year and a half of interaction with their friends and their peers. How much do you think parents, you know, can, uh, can influence kids that way versus their peers? Mm, you want to... um, well, I think it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, as parents, we always want the best for our children, but um, you know, in this day and age, I don't think a lot of parents are equipped to deal with, the emotional struggles and the um, societal struggle struggles that kids face. You know, I'm not that old, but I remember that back when I was applying to colleges, my parents knew nothing about what I was doing. I mean, I got all my college applications. I did all my essays. I just asked them for checks for me to, <laughs> to send the applications off. And these days parents are so involved and that's a good thing. And it's also a bad thing because I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on kids to succeed in the way that their parents want them to succeed. Um, but then um, some parents themselves don't have the skills required to help their kids really succeed or to find success. I'm finding that, you know, Andy, that a lot of parents don't have these, they didn't understand the social emotional learning that needs to go through for these kids to handle what's happening right now. I'm in a part of a lot of different groups with mothers of teens and they're struggling with, you know, oh, too much technology, um, mm -hmm. discipline. Should they have it? Shouldn't they not have it? And I, one of the things that some of the clients that I've had the opportunity to coach come to me and they automatically ask me, Russ, how do I deal with this when this happens? And my number one thing is that I tell a lot of my clients is, hey, first, you have to be the parent, not the friend always. It's really important to have that boundary so that because kids need to have that structure. And then when you when these things come up, you got to hit head them off, you know, uh, proactively. When it comes to bullying, you got to make sure you're helping them out. When it comes to school, when it comes to failure, like my son came home and he didn't get the dress for a varsity basketball game. 
and this coach called him at eight o'clock in the morning and text him that you, you're not dressing tonight. Immediately, what did I do? I had a call, but I stopped that and I said, you know what, let me go talk to Nikki because I felt that it was important that I give him install some strength in that moment so that it didn't anchor in and he didn't feel this sense of negative belief about himself the entire day as he was going through school. Now, when you're asking, I know a lot of parents don't have this, like, I'm going to be the motivator and be there for them. But all they have to do is let them know, hey, I've been there. I've walked this path. It'll be okay. And this will pass, too. You know, I, I think um, I think your point about, uh, you know, Michelle, about um, having done things a lot differently, you know, when, when you were growing up, that, that's something I actually struggle with also because, you know, I know I wrote, an, I know I wrote a college essay. I don't remember i must have handwritten it uh i applied literally to one college ironically enough because i like the basketball coach and and um and i look at kids today and, and parents uh, not just you know ones we work with but also ones in my own family and, and a lot of times i hear about you know anxiety or things like that and i'm thinking to myself you know jesus just suck it up i mean what what is what is your your problem I, i've said to my own son which you know, Pearl immediately uh, corrected me. <laughs> Not the best thing, but I, I said to him, I was like, look, you know, you're 18. If, if this were uh, 19, you know, 44, you'd be in a trench somewhere in uh, in yeah. Germany or somewhere in Europe. Right. You know, that's how you'd be dealing with your depression then. So, you know, can you can you please, you know, man up? Um, right. Would you say that's not the right approach? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, no, but it is and it isn't because yeah. I think that, you know, too many parents want to protect their children and, um, you know, kids grow up and work for bullies. They, you know, they grow up and they, they go into environments where, you know, if they don't meet a deadline, they're fired. Um, you know, so there's only so much babying we can really do for a child in order to help that child find success. There has to come a point where, like you said, you need to be a little, a little tough with them. A little tough right. level in a while is yeah. important. But where do you draw the line, though? Right? I mean, that's that's the or, or what, how do you balance it? Because um, I, I think a lot of parents are like this too. You know, one parent's more of a hard ass than the other one, but that doesn't mean that one's right and one's wrong, um, unless you know you're married to my wife. But uh, uh, so, where, how, how do you balance that? I mean, I don't I don't know even know how I'd even answer that myself. You I, well, from what from my experience working with thousands of clients who all have kids and I've been coaching for over 20 years. One of the things I would say is that you have every child is, is different. And you know that because you have uh, your own basketball team. <laughs> we, have, we have four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but every every kid is different. Some kids can take a little bit more tough love. Some can't. And and you and I had to learn and adjust my own style because I, I grew up with a grandma who was from the South, a straight disciplinarian. She said things once and that one time meant do it now. Um, but not all kids can are going to be able to respond the same way to your message. And when I'm working with a client, I just say, you know what, let's look at each child individually and find out what's going to be the best way for us to communicate and get the outcome we want. We all want the same outcome, successful kids. We want them to be disciplined. We want them to be proactive. We want them not to procrastinate. And the way we do that as parents is we have to look at different ways to combat those challenges with different children. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think that kind of gets lost um, in terms of what parents want, because I think if you ask them what do you want, you know, for your kids, they might give an answer like that. But I, I think so many of us are just so caught up in this myopic, like day to day 
stuff yeah. that it's really more about did you take the sat 18 times you know did yeah. you get into an ivy league or or competitive school and, and those to me are you know they might be important but they're so so lower level so far down compared to the higher level stuff that um that you mentioned and i always find um and i have this conversation with our, our sat tutor marissa also when kids don't perform well on game day in a test or they don't achieve something but they've been practicing really well it usually means that they're always they're stressed out and that stress flows downhill you know from uh, typically mom, mom or mom or dad so how do you do you find yourselves um either you know in your own experience or with with other parents that you know um trying to remind parents what's important and how do you do that absolutely i think that it, it comes down to just saying you know what's important and then you know, what's not important. Like I, for me, I knew that school was important, but I didn't have any mentors or anything like that to give me the direction I needed to go. And a lot of times parents are, are focused so much on the grades, they forget that the learning is where the lessons are really at. And if you forget those lessons of life, that the things that we're getting to teach our kids every day about going through a pandemic and how to actually cope with disappointment. I did a video recently and a lot of, it's gotten a lot of rave because kids don't know how to deal with disappointment. They don't know when they don't get to stress. Uh, they don't get the grades they want. They don't get into college they want. They break down. I was watching a, the movie that you were uh, a part of and on uh, Netflix and, you know, the kid, she's crying. She didn't get into school. And I'm like, okay, but you got into other schools. And what is the point of college? The point of college is so that you can prepare yourself for the next stage of your life. It's not just to get into college and wear that cool shirt. And I think that that's what we have to have. It all comes down to communication. And chapter five in our book is directly, it's not just for the teens, it's specifically for the, the parents as well. How are we communicating with our kids and communicating what's important and how they have to get to that next level in their lives? You know, a good example of that really is with my older son, Richard, who's gonna be 21 this month. He um, had applied to a few colleges when he was in high school and he decided that he really wanted to go to the Coast Guard Academy. Um, and he, it was the one school he applied to that he got rejected from. And he was so devastated. And at the time, you know, we talked about it and I said, you know, Richie, what is, what is your goal? Do you want to be in the Coast Guard? And he said, yeah. I said, well, wh what else can you do to get into the Coast Guard? you can enlist. So he ended up enlisting in the Coast Guard. And, you know, at 20 years old, he has a great profession. He already owns his own condominium. He's, um, and he did everything by himself. He bought his own car. He uh, is looking in, he's going to school now and he's looking already into where he's gonna go for his four year degree. So, I mean, in the end, failure can lead can lead to success but i think we get so caught up as parents especially like you need to go through this path to succeed and right. you know writing your child's college essay is not going to enable that child to be able to write an essay when they're in college or a thesis paper or something like that so you know maybe you have to let them fail so that they can find another way around that 
Yeah, and that's uh, I think a lot of parents, including present company included, have uh, have a hard time with that. But um, I, I think it's the greatest thing that you can let your kids do is to you know achieve something or screw up you know on your own. And that was and that was actually I think the thing that um, I found most striking about the whole college admissions scandal was mm-hmm. that these kids, you know, no, no matter what, felt like crap about themselves. Right. Because the the message to them from these parents was like, look, you need help. You you need uh, illegal help. You're not good enough to do something on your yeah. own, right? <laughs> right? And and when you look at well, you know, my goal if, if the goal is to get into a certain college or my goal is to get into the Coast Guard Academy, you know, my re- response would always be, well, why? Why why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. And then you know, maybe takes a few questions. But if like you know, with Richie, if the goal is, well, I want to you know be in the Coast Guard and I want to be able to be successful and you know uh buy a home and you know have nice things and all that well he's doing that so, so that's the that's the real goal it's not necessarily the you know the one path that didn't work out for him and, and we that. talk about that in the book i mean we the the point of the book really is to empower young people at a young age to not necessarily you know stand up against their parents or against their teachers or anything like that. That's not what we're advocating, but we're basically saying, you know, find out who you are so that you can voice what it is that you want in your own life in order to be successful. Like, you know, at 16, 17 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I kind of just listened to everybody else around me that was like, you should do this and you should do that. And, you know, I would do things that I didn't necessarily want to do because I should do them. Whereas I think what this book does it, you know, we, we dive into a chapter of who am I? And we go into, you know, really diving deep into what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the things that interest you? What are the things that, you know, when you, we also talk about envisioning your life, like how do you see your life 10 years, 20 years from now? Like, do you picture yourself walking down the street with a briefcase or, you know, or being like, an accountant. yeah, exactly. Like, how, you know, how is it that you envision how you see your life? And we have a lot of exercises that takes children through it. And it's meant to be done actually also with the parents, if, if that's what the child wants to do. But it, it's better if it's done with the parent because then they can really, you know, dive deep into it together. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of kids just don't read also, right? Yeah. And, 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 I, and, I, and I like that um, you're, you didn't write War and Peace here. I mean, you, you wrote yeah. a very easily consumable book that must have been very hard to edit and, and trim down like you alluded to yes. uh, earlier. Um, <laughs> but that, that actually bring, brings up another question that I get asked a lot. And I, I have my own answer, but I'm curious about um, – how, how you would answer this, Roz, the motivator, slaughter, um, <laughs> if, if I may. Um, h- how do you motivate a kid? That's a great question, Andy. I think the the first thing is, and you've already alluded to, it's their why. You really have to know what is it that they want, and then you're going there. You have to be a guide. You're not trying to be their coach always. And that's tough. You know, I ask a lot of questions. And one of the things that motivation is something that you have to develop within the kid. And it's getting some motivation. Like, what are you going to how are you going to get that momentum? And it's counting those small wins. See, so often we are looking at the big win and we're only looking at, oh, yeah, the big goal. But what are the small little micro wins that you're going to get on the way to that? For example, you know, like I love the fact that 
I always take a big goal. You want to start? Okay, you want to improve, improve on the basketball court using Nikki, right? We have to, what are the fundamentals you need to do every day to get better? And I believe like we have it, it's habits. You have to develop habits of success. And once you start to develop some of those habits of success, the momentum comes. You know, anything you wanted to do or achieve had to start with taking that first step. So when I'm instilling motivation into any team, it's how do I get them to take action immediately, not someday? Because someday will just lead to a day where it's a gloomy day or I never got to do. And that is so critical with it, teens, adults or anything. I do, I've done that for 20 years with my fitness clients. You know, it's like, OK, you know, I'm going to start that diet on Monday. Well, how about it's Friday right now? What's one thing we can do today to move you closer toward what you say you want rather than waiting three more days to get started? Yeah, I like that answer better than the one that I usually give, which is sort of sort of along the lines of um, I can't motivate your kids. It's got, it's got to come, you know, from from them. But what you're describing is is a little bit more active. It's more like you're, you're helping them pull it out of them. And um, and I I really like the idea of of um, of I guess keeping the scoreboard, you know, of of, of posting your wins. You know, one of the things. Um, uh, you know, I was, I, you and I have discussed this many times in the past. I was in this coaching program with this guy, Dan Sullivan. And one of the things that um, he instilled in us, which I've since dropped for several years, is, <laughs> you know, full, full disclosure, is um, at the end of each day, you write down three wins that, that, that you had. And they can be silly. They can seem silly. You know, it could be like, well, you know, I was um, nice to my kid. Or um, you know, I took the dog for a walk, or it could be I, you know, I shot a hundred foul shots, uh, you know, the way uh, you know my coach recommended that I do, and those those build momentum. Absolutely. And they're very easy to lose track of too, but like like you said, because um, you know it's, it's I'm I'm like this. I'm sure you guys are to some extent. I think it's very human to always be thinking about like what's next. Like once you know once you hit a certain goal or do something, you can either celebrate it or you could be like me and be like, okay, um, well now what? You know, and you need to do both, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you're just joining us, we're talking to, for a few more minutes here, the authors of Student Success Secret, The Slaughters from Florida. <laughs> they banded New York State yeah. <laughs> and uh, moved down to Florida. It's looking like a good move right now, all the taxes. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this about the book. When, when you were uh, when you were writing this and you're coming up, I guess, with um, ultimately seven, uh, tips or seven secrets were there any that uh, surprised you that you you kind of thought of differently and then when you were collaborating you and you finally arrived at one were there any that kind of surprised you even uh, it could be the actual secret or the way that you were describing it uh I, yeah i definitely think um i would probably say communication it's one that i didn't think about as much as and how important it is to just overall um, success in life, not just in school or sport. Um, it's, it's, it's how do we communicate with um, the people in our environment, our, our, our coaches, our teachers, our parents, our siblings. And today we're not communicating. You know, um, what's happening is that we, a lot of us are tend to send, send or communicating via text or communicating just by the internet email. And I know if I want to get Andy on the phone, I have to call four people, you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> or text me. 
<laughs> or, or text you, right? Yeah. If I call him, I'm never going to get him. But I think that that was one that really shocked me. When we sat down and we had to cut a couple out, communication and how we're communicating. A lot of kids today don't communicate. So, like, you ask them, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Right? Like, that's the answer. One or two where, like, I would come home and my grandma would ask me and she wanted to know in detail, how was class? What did you do? What are some of the things you learned? What are the lessons? Because she wanted to get me speaking so that she could be brought up to speed on what was going on in my day to day. And we've incorporated that at dinner where we do a no phone policy at the table because we want to be able to communicate. And, and sometimes it's like pulling teeth with them. But at the same time, we realize that once you ask one question, two questions, the floodgates open. And you have to remember that we as parents have, should want to open up those gates so that we can get them speaking because that's going to allow them to speak better or more, definitely more be able to articulate themselves outside of your home with other people. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> how does that carry over to you know kids uh, spending more time communicating with their peers online versus face-to-face? -face? I know you mentioned before the danger of social media. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you have any tips on, on well, A, is that a bad thing? Um, and, and B, because it's different. I mean, I know it's different than how we grew up, but is it, is it bad? And, and B, if it is bad, like how do you, how do you uh, help address that? We, we discuss that too in the book. We talk about how, um, you know, you, you really have to be mindful of the form of communication that you, that you choose to take and that, um, you know, Everything that you put out there in social media can potentially be scrutinized by coaches, college admissions counselors, um, even courts of law. I mean, you could get in trouble for some of the things that you put out there. So, um, you know, we do discuss that, how there are certain forms of communication that you should choose to do verbally um, versus hiding behind a text. And we, we give you tips on how to empower yourself to sort of do those things. You know, like maybe it's, it's as simple as advocating for yourself with a teacher or a coach rather than having your parents do it for you. You know, using your parents as sort of a last result, um, you know, the last option possible. Like yeah. before, before you call that teacher about an unfair grade, maybe have your kid go up to that teacher and, you know, make the argument themselves. Cause once you do, it's like exercising a muscle. Once you do it a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit, you get better at it. So. Listen, a lot of, um, you, you probably would not be surprised. And we, we have talked about this uh, intimately before, at least Roz, you and I have, um, mm -hmm. so many parents are, um, doing all the emailing and all the communications with admissions officers and coaches and the kids don't even know what's going on. Right. And um, then that can extend to writing their essays for them and all those types of things. And I understand how tempting that is to, to do that because you want to, you know, you want to do what you feel is right for your kids, but it actually hurts them. And, and it's I, I, actually, I had a friend who's an assistant district attorney in Manhattan who interviewed someone who graduated from law school and their parents called her to see if their son got the job. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, 24 years old. I mean, you know, yeah. what, when does it ever end? <laughs> yeah. I've heard so many stories like that. I've had, um, actually, uh, a guy who owns a business in, uh, your old neighborhood, um, in, in the Oyster Bay area who had someone interview with him who brought his parents to the interview. <laughs> she didn't wait outside in the car. She actually came to the interview. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so yeah those stories are crazy but they're true that that's the thing and it's it's um you're not oh, helping yeah. your kids but you have to kind of back up and think is this really i know i know this is like what's in front of me right now in front of my nose but is this really going to be the best you know long term uh be, uh you know way to help them grow up right. successful? yeah all right so um anything else i should be asking about the book and how do people get it yeah well, I mean, uh, the book's coming out April 20th. Uh, we'll be releasing a week from today, and you'll be able to get it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, as well as uh, I, um, Apple. So you'll have it'll be in iBooks. But if you want to connect with myself or Michelle, um, I would normally say Facebook is the greatest place for me. But as of this morning, I was hacked, and I don't have a Facebook account at the current time. So <laughs> my best place would be rosslaughter.com. Um, you'll also be able to purchase the book there. Highly recommend. We also created an accompany planner that's designed to teach all seven of the secrets and implementation. So how to take the secrets from the book, turn it into action so that a 90-day process the kids can go through and not only learn exactly what are the seven secrets, but how to implement them and install them in their lives so that they can create success instantly within 90 days. Maybe you're deplatformed without even knowing it. You were canceled. <laughs> it, you know what? It's it, it, like five minutes before we went live, I'm trying to fix it and it's it's a problem. So I have to, <laughs> right. I have to get over that. I'll try to call Zuck, see what I can do. Yeah, um, call I could I could use a little a little aggressive. <laughs> call right Mark now. for us. <laughs> yeah. Zuck to his friends. Yeah. All right. Well, so so I guess my, my final question. So I so I posted uh, rosslaughter.com. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, what what if a kid's like you know this is I can imagine parents watching this and thinking oh that'd be a great idea I'm gonna talk to my kid about this. How do they talk to the kid about this? How do they talk to the kid about um, opening the book? Um, participating in some of the exercises, like what's the, what's the best way to quote unquote sell a potentially reluctant team? Well, I think I think it depends on again knowing your kid. You know, like is your is your kid the kind of kid that is going to pick up the book and read it themselves, or is it something that you might want to sit down with them? And it's very it's a very quick book. It's not you know a, a novel like like you said. I mean. You could theoretically sit down in one sitting even and go through the entire book. But um, I'd say, you know, just maybe sit down with your child for half an hour at a time and go through the go through it with them. Maybe give them the workbook on the side and say, you know, go back and, you know, do chapter one. And then we can talk about some of the answers if they're the, if they're not the kind of child that's self-motivated. If they're self-motivated, I mean, it's easy. You just hand them the book and say, "Have at it." <laughs> yeah. Well, th then it's that'd be that'd beg the question: Do they even need something like this? I mean, I would say yes because you know LeBron James has a coach, and you know all these great athletes have coaches. Is that what you would respond also? And then, by the way, um, got a question from uh, our client Claire, who wants to know if you do personal coaching one-on-one -on -one for kids which I don't even know the answer to. I know we talked about that in the past. <laughs> Claire, yes, I do. Um, and to answer your question, the motivation factor, which what I think you should do is, and I, I'm a proponent of, is leading from the front. As a parent, you want to lead from the front. I would never hand a book to my kid and, that I haven't had the opportunity to read the material and yeah. know the content to, because that's like someone telling you to do something they're not willing to do. 
And, and that's really one of the key things that, I mean, any of the clients that I'm working with currently do, who a couple people have the book in advance, they read the book and they're going chapter by chapter, picking which chapters pertain specifically to their kids. Like one of my clients, her son is really struggling with discipline. So she's on chapter six of that, which is the sixth secret. And she's really developing, uh, you know, this is why I want you to read it. Here's a story. And we know that stories sell, right? Facts tell. So you got to find a way that you're going to connect the book to the kid. You can't just say, oh, you know what? Here's War and Peace or here's this book. They're going to be like, I don't want to read that. I One of my favorite books um, is Relentless by uh, Tim Grover. He's a basketball coach for Michael Jordan, Kobe yeah. Bryant, all these. I got that book. I read it and I handed it to Nikki and my son who loves basketball. Where is that book right now? It's on the shelf. <laughs> he did not read it because I, he didn't get the self-selected. But yeah. then what I did is I went back, pulled something out of it, mentioned it to him, gave him the book back and said, you should read this. Remember when I told you that you were struggling here? Here's the point. He, he wanted to overcome a challenge. There's the solution. I gave him the solution. Now he went back and read the book because he knew that the solution was in there. And I, I motivated him through kind of finding that one thing that interests him. And for, you know, for kids that are self-motivated, I was that kid, you know, like I was the kid that read a ton of books, you know, studied all the time. Um, you know, like I said, I did all my college applications by myself. I ended up going to a very good school. I went to NYU. Um, so I was self-motivated, but I did lack the skills needed for, like I could have been more successful. If I had, um, you know, used, if I had known and used the principles in this book when I was 16, 17 years old, you know, I don't think I lived up to my potential. And that's like the book is good for those kids who are already, you know, on this very motivated path. They know exactly what they want, but they just don't have all the necessary skills to get there and who does when you're six you know when you're 16 years old like who who has all those skills nobody yeah. does um and it's also for the kid that needs that nudge <laughs> you know like a, a good example just real quick my my older son was very conscientious so he was the kind of kid where if i said you know what if he was complaining he didn't want to do his homework i'd say don't do your homework that's fine don't do it and then he'd get one zero and cry about it. And then that would motivate him to do his homework. Whereas my younger son, he's like super smart, very smart, but doesn't care about homework. So if I said, don't do your homework, he'd be like, okay. And he wouldn't care if he got all zeros and ended up with a C in the class. So what motivated him was that in eighth grade, he was put into like a, a mid-level course and he was like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I want to be an AP. I want to be an AP, but they wouldn't put him in the AP course because they said he lacked the discipline yep. because, you know, he scored phenomenal on exams, but he just never handed in homework. So that actually gave him the motivation to start doing it so that he could be in this higher level course because he was so bored in the in the you know the lower level course so you have to know your kid yep all right great all right well this was great everyone should uh check out the book student success secrets by michelle and Roz slaughter it's on amazon and other places assuming you don't get deplatformed right not on yeah. facebook necessarily but <laughs> but but apple all right yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Any any parting bits of uh, oh, nice <laughs> success secrets 
by the slaughters. Unlock <laughs> the seven secrets. All right, very good. All right, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Slaughters and everyone. Yeah, have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at LockwoodInnerCircle.com and use the coupon code podcast for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.